0: where do you want to eat? They said, let's eat where you should eat. And so we go to this little restaurant because this was just, they had the band going, we could hardly talk, and yet we were just having fellowship together and it caught me, wow, this is where the pastor of this church is, right here on the streets, blessing the people. And I praise God. So Ray, come on up here and we want to pray with you before you begin this morning. And uh, it's just great to have you, brother. It's great to, great, great to have you. And we just uh, lift up the Lord Jesus just now, Father, that you will have your perfect way and will in this time. Speak through this brother, Lord, the way you want us to hear your voice. And I just thank you, God, for the ministry. I thank you for the work that you're doing in New Jersey. I thank you for the work you're doing in that community. And may you just encourage Ray and Ruth and the Lord God from heaven. We love them. We thank you, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. God bless you. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? pray everyone is well. Um, Yes? Nork is... The is just a little bit different. Sinners everywhere, (laughs) all right? Um, Desiring to see Jesus save people by his grace. Um, I was sharing last night how um, being out here is awesome, like weather-wise, palm trees, I got the privilege to go to a um, what they call it, spring training baseball game. Sitting out in the sun two days ago, I was like, "Yeah, I could dig this right here." <laughs> Grass was real green, you know, and it was just like, "Man, you know." Since I've been here, I think I only seen one piece of trash blow through the wind across the highway, and that was just a plastic bag. So it's a little different, you know, air smells good here, you know. But I'll tell you what, there's people in need of Jesus right here in this city, in this community, in this region, just like Newark. You see, in Newark, if you Googled it, it would come up as the most unfriendliest city or neighborhood or community in the world. And... Yes, it's a hard area externally. But when you allow God to lead you and to engage people, what you really realize is everybody needs love. You know, people are living in trauma. You know, just because you didn't go to that stand or fight a war doesn't mean you're exempt from trauma. You know, you can be a person in your neighborhood and see somebody's brains get shot out as a little kid and no one talks about it. That's trauma. Your father could be murdered or gone to jail for life and you don't have any explanation. That's trauma. And so... As you look at these young kids that we engage with, as you look at a community that we engage with, you know what? Sin is running rapid, but i tell you what, if you look in your Bibles, the Great Commission is still available for us today to go into the world and proclaim Jesus, right? We know this. Lord, would it move down into our hearts that we would walk that out in whatever context you're in. I see a lot of fries around here. That's the grocery store. Around us is ShopRite. People need grocery. You know, coronavirus running wild. You know, everybody's running to Costco's and getting this and that and getting prepared. You know what? We could be right there and say, hey, how you doing? Maybe people are in such a panic because they have no hope. Maybe because they're in such a panic because they don't know the Prince of Peace. You see here, but, but, but we have this treasure. And sometimes I think we get distracted. And so this morning I wanna draw attention to the book of Acts, Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, if you have your Bibles, we just want to open up in a word of prayer this morning as we partake of God's word together. Father, I thank you for your living word. And I pray today, God, as we gather together, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would meet us here. We're not here to do church, God. We're here to hear from you, not a person, not a man, God, but Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would... Would come and say what you desire to your church, God. And Lord, that we would have hearts that are open to hear and to yield to your will. We thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that Lord, we are the body of Christ, and I pray today if there's anyone in this place or within earshot of my voice, whether they hear it on the stream or wherever this message may carry, God, I pray today that there would be a heart change today, that there would be a a, a surrender today, God, into a living relationship with the one who has given his life for us. I pray your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You know, it's always a blessing being here um, at this church. This church has impacted our life in such a way that that, man, I, I cannot express enough gratitude, but it's, it's impacted the ministry that we do, the service that we're able to walk in and the call that God has given us um, as a family. You know, um, and, and so I'm so grateful every time I get the opportunity to be here. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this in light of the title of the message, Waiting on His Promise. You ever think of, you know, as a kid, for example, you know, you're maybe a little kid and your, your, your birthday's coming and, you know, kids ask for some of the craziest things for their birthday, you know, like, like, like you got money that just grows on trees. You know, Dad, you know, I'm eight years old, but can you buy me a Porsche? I'm like, whoa. You know or 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 maybe you, you you're able to bring it down within reason, you know one of those little battery operated Porsches you know <laughs> and and maybe that's more reasonable, but at that time when you tell that child, "Hey, this is what i 'm going to do for you there's this hope there's this Angst in their hearts that there's this expectation, and you know, your birthday could be three, four, five months out, but your kid is you know, their birthday is that far out, but they are are so anticipating that gift like it's tomorrow. <laughs> and, and and dad, is my birthday tomorrow? You know, and, and mom, you know, is dad still gonna get the, the car for me? And, and there's this expectation, no. Maybe you've been there, and maybe you grew up in a house that you heard all these promises, but they were unfulfilled, and so you became disappointed. But I want to look at a promise this morning that comes from God, that, that comes from the one who, whose word stands, and it's yes and amen who will never leave us nor forsake us, who will never tell us a lie. When he says, hey, I'm going to do this, he's going to do the thing. Here, look, understand, as we look this morning and we draw attention to Acts chapter 1 and the book of Acts, if you've never been through it, I want to encourage you to get into it. It's a great book. It's the book of action to take action in the things that we glean. But here, watch this. If you're taking notes before we even jump into it, look. Three points I want to point out this morning um, for those note takers. The first thing is the confirmation and that's in verses one through three, the confirmation, in one through three. And then the command, the command in verses four through seven, four through seven, we'll see the command. And then the commission, is where we are coming for a landing at with verse 8, the commission. And so we pick up in verse 1, it says, The former accounts I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We said the first point this morning is the confirmation. And we see here in this first verse it says there that there was these former accounts. As Luke is writing this letter, he is giving a you know a, a cross reference a, a cross point. Hey, there's some things that have taken place in the past Concerning Jesus, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, hey, there's this thing that happened during Jesus' earthly ministry, the former things, the earlier things, but here it's showing that he's giving this contrast, if you may, into something that is about to begin, something that's about to take place. And you see, it's great to look back in the former things, but how about right now and what god is doing right now what is he doing in your life today right now consider this here look as he says these former accounts oh theophilus theophilus's name means lover of god and i would pray that i am amongst a body of people that are lovers of god how many of us are lovers of god i love god Hey, look here. Hey, as he's writing this letter, I would like to present to you, this is a message for those of us who are lovers of God. Doesn't mean that if you're a lover of God, God doesn't have nothing to say to you here today. I'm sure there's some things that God wants to say to you. And one of those things is it's an equal opportunity to become a lover of God. Here, look, as you consider this, it says, though, that Jesus, what did he do? He began to do and teach. And I like this here because it's saying this in in light of, and I don't want to get ahead of the application, but here, consider that for yourself. Jesus didn't just go about teaching, but he was doing, and then he taught. Follow this here because it says here that the Holy Spirit had given him apostles whom Jesus had chosen. He had given them a what? Command. And then we look down in verse 3. It shows us there simply, hey, it says Jesus presented himself alive to them, but it was after the sufferings by many infallible proofs. In other words, opposed to being able to doubt. Jesus had presented himself alive. You know, before the resurrection, Jesus was always with the disciples. But after the resurrection, notice there were many accounts where Jesus would make appearances and then he would go away. And so here, look, as you consider for your life, sometimes it feels like, oh man, kumbaya with the Lord. Everything is great. Oh, he's with me. Oh, praise the Lord. But then there's sometimes in your life, if you're honest, you're like, God, where are you? It's only me. Oh God. You, some of you have kids and you've invested in their life. And you pour it in, and and the Word of God says, hey, if you give them this, hey, it will not return void. It says train up a child in the way it should go, and he won't depart from it. And then your kid goes and does totally the opposite. What in the world? God, where are you? Maybe you have kids be like, you talk, and they're just like, they'll, they'll hear you. They hear you, but they're not hearing you. They're not listening. And only God can minister to their hearts. But watch this. Jesus is with his disciples as he shows himself or presents himself alive to them, but he's speaking about what? The things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And I want you to see that because that's a very important part as we move into this because as you look at these three verses, I want you to consider this, the former things. Some of us know our Old Testament well, and you should. You know, I'm a New Testament person only. No, you need to know your Old Testament. In fact, if you don't know your Old Testament, you have a hard time understanding even the book of Revelation. If you don't know your Old Testament, it's hard to understand Hebrews. So know your Old Testament. Here, look, hey, watch this here, but we know the former things. We know what Jesus did. We know how Jesus, you know, or even church history, we understand those things. We've seen and we heard the accounts of how God has moved in former times, but I'm here today to say to you that today... God wants to begin something new. We're in a transitional season. I believe personally in our lives, in our context, God is stirring up some things. And as I move around and engage and talk with other pastors, I'm hearing very similar kind of things. Hey, these are some former things that God had done. But hey, it's a transitional time where God wants to move here. Watch this here. It not only shows us this, but it also says that the the people of the word that Jesus not only taught them, but he did it. And I want to ask you today, are you just going about telling people what the Bible says, but not living it? Are you one of those that you know the verse, you, you, you know the thing, you can break it down, you can explain it? But all you go around doing is trying to right the wrong. But what about your life? What about your character? Oh, you know the right things, but what does your life look like even behind closed doors when nobody's watching? You see, we can have this self-righteousness all the while not examining our own life. And you see, before we start to teach it, The best thing to do is live it. You see, because no man or woman will ever be able to preach beyond their life. And that's why Jesus went about doing and teaching. It's not do as I say, but watch and see what I do and learn the lesson. And that's so vital even, especially if you're a mom here today, if you're a dad here today. Hey, it's so vital that you live out the thing that you proclaim. They'll see real. And so if you want to live worldly, live worldly, but be real about it. If you want to live godly, be godly, but do it and then your kids will glean from your lifestyle. Guaranteed. Here, look, understand this. Here, as you see this, hey, I wonder today, men, are you loving your wives? We tell people, love your wife. But here's the difference. Hey, it's one thing to love a spouse. It's a difference to value them. I wonder today, are you valuing your wife today, men? Here, understand, as you see this third point, I think it's a very important point, is in verse three, it tells us here, look, hey, Jesus presented himself, how? What did your Bible say? Alive. I see a lot of dead religion. When, look here, when you get into the presence of Jesus, you get before him, there should be some life. Here, if you don't believe me, watch this. If you look back in Luke chapter 24, what you'll find is this. There was the men that, that were walking on the road and it says that Jesus drew near to them. You remember the story on the road to Emmaus? And then what happened? Hey, they're walking with them, they're doubting. and they're sad, but Jesus is drawing near to them on the road. You and I are on a road, the road of life. And here, sometimes you're sad But here the question is, hey, when Jesus draws near to you, do you just see, oh, here he is. He's rolling in in a coffin. (laughs) Or is he really presenting himself alive to you? You see, watch this here. If you fast forward towards the back end, round about verse 31 or 32 in that very chapter, it says here that Jesus sat at the table with them. And they started to... Recognize he broke the bread and, and gave thanks here. Kind of like communion when the word of God, even for ourselves, the bread of life, when we sit down with the word of God and it's broken open to us and we're sitting with Jesus. Hey, it's not, hey, it says this, that they, their hearts, did not our hearts burn? I don't know about you, but you touch some fire, there's life out of you, right? Ow! <laughs> It says here, their hearts burned while he did what? Hey, as he imparted or spoke about the scriptures to us. Now, you know what? Many times we're sitting down with our Bibles. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me look at the Greek. What did Hebrew got to say? Mm, Man, that's deep. Let me jot that down. All the while gaining a bunch of knowledge, but our hearts, he wants to present himself alive to you so that you know what? When he presents himself alive to us, you know how you're going to present him to others? (laughs) Say it again. Alive. (laughs) Alive. You see, well, let me tell you, you know, the only way to get to heaven is if you put your trust in Jesus. Football has more excitement than that. But look here, hey, he wants to present himself alive to you. Are you allowing space in your life for even him to present himself alive to you? Sometimes during grief, during challenges in your life, hey, that's when you give time or space for him to do that. And so don't don't get mad with God when you're going through trials because that's probably the deepest time of, of intimacy with him. And so here, I want to encourage us here today, because notice, it says that Jesus presented himself alive to them after suffering. His sufferings by many infallible proofs. You don't have to doubt, and maybe today you're doubting. You know, maybe God showed himself to you in one time, but, but there's other times when you just, where are you, God? And I want you to remember the time that He's presented himself alive to you. And hey, maybe you're in this season where it's dry and dead, but I want to encourage you today, hey, get back to that place where Jesus is presenting himself alive to you. If that means sitting a little longer instead of rushing through, you know, sometimes people think they're getting in the Word because they read a post on Instagram. That's not getting in the presence of Jesus. That's just a skim, encouragement. Thank you. Keep it pushing. hey, get into his presence. Shut noise down. quiet down. Settle in. But watch this here. The next thing we see is the command. And watch what Jesus does here. Watch, it says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's none of your business. No, it's (laughs) it's not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. Notice the first thing we see here in verses four through five. It says that Jesus told them to do what? Not to do what? Depart. Not to depart. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to understand this because he's telling them not to depart from where? From where? Now, tell me what just happened there. The crucifixion. Jesus was just recently crucified. Now you're telling the what well, we would call the homies. Some of y'all got that happier than what in the world is that? Well, let me explain it. It's the people you hang around. Jesus is telling his friends, hey. This is what I need you to do. I know you want to run. Hey, the Romans is cutting heads right now. They're killing people. You know, All kinds of chaos is going on here. But this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to leave from this place. In fact, I want you to stay there and wait. Now, what do you do? Turmoil happens. The strife, when difficulty. Hey, do you just scatter? Or are you willing to just stay where Jesus says, hey, don't depart. You See, I'll, I'll, let me break this down to you for a uh, more um, more practical terms. I've been married 20, almost 22 years. And there are seasons in my marriage that I could look back at and say, "Yeah, I'm there. Oh, I'm not getting a divorce, because that wouldn't be honorable to God. But have I departed? in my head, in my heart. You see, God doesn't just want you to honor your your marriage commitment, but he wants your marriage to have the same life that Jesus is to present you, himself to you, alive, is the same way that he wants your marriage to flourish in the same way. So that you're, you're not just in the same house Oh, You're over there and I'm over here and you know what matter of fact, let me just get real busy about some other stuff in life so that we don't have to face the elephant in the room. Some of y'all living like that. I don't even know you. I know that because I know it was and God had to give me a different vision for my marriage. And I want to encourage, them. I don't care if you're 40 years in, God still wants to breathe life from your marriage relationship. Oh, you young whippersnapper, you don't know a to t- Look here, that's the reality of God's heart for your marriage. Here, look, understand this. But he says here, don't depart from that difficult place. And he's saying here, look, hey, as we see this, he says, but wait. And wait for, note this, the promise... That you heard from him, not a friend, not a mother, not a boss. You know, your boss might say, oh, we're going to give you a raise in six months. And you still waiting six years and you still haven't gotten a raise. This is not that kind of promise. This is the promise from the Lord. And he says here, and I, and I wonder today, even for your life, for your own self, is there a promise that you've heard from the Lord, that you know it's his, he's given it to me. It may not have been fulfilled yet, but I'm waiting. But I wanna know, and you more so should examine, what do you do while you wait? You see, some of us, we, we, we oh yeah, God told me that, and I'm still waiting, but give me the remote. It's got to be this great TV program series on it. And, and all I do is spend my... I'm not saying anything wrong with TV, so don't say I'm standing here saying that. But we invest so much time there forgetting the promise. You see, I believe that when we have a promise from God in the waiting time, it's very important that we tune in to what he has said to us that we are to do. For, him, for them, it was to wait. In, in detail, it was to wait in the upper room. What did Peter do? Ah, oh, it's time to do something. And maybe in your life, you've been expecting God to do something. You knew he gave the promise. However, you say, man, God time, your time running out. You know we live in the microwave age, God. You need to pick it up. It's at the click of a button. So it goes against when I'm used to. And so therefore, while I wait, you know what I start to do? I start to get busy. I start to plan. I start to lay out my agenda. Oh, this is going to happen. But all he told you to do is wait. So Peter goes and he, he, he doesn't wait. He's, oh, I know how to fix this Judas situation. Because we always roll with 12. And we're going to roll with 12 again. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to cast lots. Getting in the head of the Lord. Because you look in your Bible, you know, where Matthias? Is. I don't know where he at. I'm, when we get to heaven, I'll be looking for, him. yo, Matthias. Can you tell me the rest of your story? Because I think Peter messed it up for you, bro. Because we're still talking about Paul. Maybe that was who was supposed to be. But it was outside of what God, with people, you know, we we like, oh, that that can't be. In fact, remember when God laid His hands on them? Laid on Oh no, that ain't Him. We got a lot of people in our community that we, as the church, would even look at them and be like, oh, it, that can't be God's guy because they don't live so crazy, chaotic, you know. But maybe that's the guy God has. Here, look, understand as you see here and and follow this, it's very important that you consider what you're doing while you're awake. But they were kind of confused, it seems like, in verse six because it says when they came together, they start asking about, are you going to restore Israel? Look, we saw in verse three, Jesus is talking to them about what? The things pertaining to the kingdom of God. What the you know, are you gonna impeach Trump? Are you gonna keep him? Oh, I'm about to get somebody upset today. <laughs> I already feel it. But you know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Trump is not the savior of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. We put more stock as believers in politics than we would put in prayer for our nation and for hey the power of God to be poured down on a pagan nation. Yeah, I said it. It's not spiritual. But look here, understand. Hey, are we looking? Are you going to restore the kingdom or the nation of the United States? Because Trump's our guy. We need to pray for our leaders because the scriptures tell us to. And I don't care if it's who, you know, I that's the one I wanted or it's not. And the truth of the matter is this, for myself, is that, you know what? We as the church, when, say, Obama was in office, we weren't good representations as Christ followers. Even though we may not have agreed with his politics. Or we can get this guy out of here. Look, we need to put our trust in Jesus because politicians are always going to fail us. And so this is not a pitch on, you know, Democrat, you know, whatever. It's simply this. I think we've gotten distracted when God is talking to us about some things pertaining to the kingdom. We go, oh, God, what are you going to do in America? I'm an American. I love this nation. I don't think I want to live anywhere else. I might want to live in Arizona, but (laughs) it's still here, you know. (laughs) Look, some of us, we're stuck on the the Dow Jones and, and, and all of these things. We're stuck on how our kids, you know, what school you're going to more than, hey, is this the school that God has chosen for them? Is this where they're going to make an impact in this nation for the glory of God? Here, look, understand as you consider this and think about this here, I think that we're distracted by those things because we've, allowed them to. We can't blame nobody else. We can't blame social media. If you're on social media and you have that addiction, you may be sitting right here right now while I'm sharing, who in the world does God think he is? Let me get my phone. I, I got more things to follow than this clown, you know, but look, God wants to speak to us. And here, look and follow this, because there's a time where, where, you know, we live in a time where our hearts can grow dull. You know, I was talking to a brother that reminded me of, of Terry and, and, and his wife, and they're in New Guinea, and, and there's this lady that walks two miles to obtain a Bible. <laughs> now, you think that would happen here in America? Walk? Walk? To where? For what? You see, and they ask me, I feel like this. The problem is desperation. Desire. Oh, because some of us will walk two miles for something else. But hey, you know, when our hearts are dull and and when we got access to the Bible all over the place and and maybe you have a stack of books pertaining to the word by your bedside, hey, you know what, what could happen? If you don't continue to allow that cultivation in your heart for the fire, the desire, the newness, the freshness, hey, the Holy Spirit to be stirring that and you're just moving through the same rhythms, what could tend to happen is you'll grow dull. You'll start not to, oh, yeah, I know that. I've seen that. Oh, I understand that. Here, look, understand this. This is not what God wants to do. He wants us to have true reverence for his word. He wants us to have true reverence when we come into his presence. Here, look, follow this here because they're to be waiting for the promise. And I believe today if we would get this, we would find power for our lives We will find power in our homes. Hey, we're supposed to be passing something of value down to the next generation. Hey, God wants to impart power to us. Look, and and, and what kind of faith... Do we believe as we see the things of former times, when we hear of great awakenings that God has stirred? Hey, when we read our word, what do we believe in light of what God has said about the former? And now that we're in this place, even like Luke is declaring, there's something that's about to happen. Here, I wonder today, as you look at verse 7, because there's this clarification that Jesus brings Basically, he says, that's none of your business. He says, it's not for you to know what's happening then. You need to focus on what's happening right now. And you see, I think so often we're so concerned about the future what, what what's happening, you know, there? Well, well, let me store up these things so that we're secure there. And, and all of these things that we do that we don't focus on what's going on now. We kind of give over. Forget it now. I gotta get <laughs> what's gonna happen then? You don't even know if your soul is required of the Lord tonight. When you're so prepared for the future, and look here. What we do now will determine what happens later on. Look here, you know, a lady came up to us recently in the church and said, Oh, you know, I'm just feeling like God is stirring and he's doing something that is going to be so different than what happened at 9 11. 9 11, people, you know, flooded into the church, but then they back to life and back out. And watch this, and that's just not. As every individual, I'm just saying as a whole, that's what it appeared to be. But watch this. She says, I, I got this sense that, that that's what's going to happen, but, but it's going to be so sweet. Okay. You know, because I've been getting this stirring also. There's going to be something that's happened. But I said, look here, there's going to be two types of churches and, that, that come from that. There's going to be a church that, you know, when that happens or people of God, when that happens is, oh, let me jump on board. All right, this is the wave, you know, but then there's going to be some other people that currently they're on their faces before God. They're calling out They're, they're making a deposit. And so, you know, when that happens, when God moves in such a way, it's like, Oh, man, God, you, you did it. Like, hey, we were crying out. We were a part of this in the background. You see, even a service like this, there's so much that happens in the background that we can partake of the word together. You know, oh, no, just, just turn on the lights, let's go. No, there are people working in the background. You never see them. And the same thing, the church is a time for us to, hey, come before God, crying out. I'm not talking about these little pretty cute prayers. I'm saying, hey, we need to cry out before God, burden, poured out, anguish, expressive to God. Hey, this is what's heavy on my heart. You say, oh, that's works. Oh, prayers work. No, no, don't, don't, don't get it mixed up. It's not works for salvation or, or to hey, one-up with God. But, oh, prayer is vital. You, you want to see people delivered? You want people set free? Oh, we better be making a deposit in intercession. We need to be praying, crying out on their be- They're not doing it. I believe the reason why I get to walk with God today is because my grandmother made a deposit for years from when I was born into the kingdom for her grandson. And oh, I'm grateful today. Maybe that's a testimony of your family tree. Somebody stood in the gap interceding. We need to cry out for God because all these other distractions, that's all they are. To keep you from your intimacy with God. To keep you from interceding. To be discouraged. I'm not praying for that. We don't see nothing happening. To not show up at the prayer meeting. Hey, look here. We we need to get back to this place because God is concerned about now. And here in this last verse, as we close out, there's this commission It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice this here. He says, basically in the context, hey, don't be concerned about that. That's in God's authority. He's in control of that, but you, not but they, not but your friends, you, I don't care if the whole church doesn't get on board with this. What will you do? What will God deposit in your heart this morning and that you would surrender to and say, you know what? Hey, I don't care if nobody else jumps on this, but oh, I want a piece of that. But you. And he says here, but you shall receive power. How many of us feel like I need some power? I don't need, you know, power in my bank account. I don't need power in, in, in these other things. I need supernatural power. And some of y'all, you know, this word dynamite, you know, I I don't, I can't, every time I come across, I can't help but think of good times. Some of y'all know that old show and JJ, I don't care what culture you in. You got to know that show, you know, dynamite maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Look, hey, it was... Here, but look here, Here in this passage, it's saying, hey, this is more than just might, strength in your own self. This is the ability to carry out some God kind of supernatural stuff. This is power for service. Hey, you know what? God wants to deposit that into you. He wants to give you power for service. And I believe as a church, hey, many of us are walking with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Some of us, hey, he's just come alongside. He's convicting you of the wor- of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. There's this different prepositions for the sake of time. You can go back and look at it in John chapter 14. Um, you'll see he's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. And I believe that's where we are. A lot of us, hey, the Holy Spirit is in us. If the Holy Spirit is not indwelling you, you do not have relationship with Jesus that's just a reality but I believe here in this passage what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you a P is the word and it's a a baptism of the Spirit coming down on your life it's power hey it's what Jesus offered in John chapter 7 here, look, follow this. Hey, this is what we need for service. We have salvation, but again, the Holy Spirit is taught, is spoken of in the scriptures in three different type of prepositions. I want everything the Holy Spirit has to offer me. I don't know about you, but I need power in ministry. I can't just keep going through the motions. I can't just keep doing church, sing some songs, read some verses, and then, hey, see you next week. Hey, I need power because you know what? There are people that are possessed there are people that are oppressed. There are people around us that are wearing their sin on their sleeve. And I know without the power of God, those chains will never be broken. And so I need power. God, I don't need power to glory in me. I need power so that we can give you the glory, God, in what you've done and what you're doing. Hey, I need power. And I want to tell you something. We as the church needs power. I don't care what it looks like outside. We need some healing. Some of us are walking around with years and years of grief in our hearts. We never talk about it. We keep it like, hey, this is. it just stays within and it stays further in me. But God wants to heal you today. He wants to set you free. And you need power for ministry to be a witness unto Jesus. Romans chapter 12 says, hey, present your bodies as living sacrifice. Yes, we know that word witness means martyr. But once you die, put your life on the altar for whatever God's agenda and plan is for your life. Then you will be able to be a witness. Testify. Evidence. That God is doing something in your life. But look here. In order to be a witness, you need to be finding a place that there is witness with Jesus. Do you have that today? Do you have that today? Look here. If you don't, it's not like, oh, shame on you. The bigger question is, do you desire that today? And as we close out, hey, if that's your prayer... All you have to do is ask. That's what Jesus said, hey, he would freely give those who ask. Ask. A simple act of faith Hey, God, I'm calling. I'm not asking to shake. I'm not asking to be thrown down on the ground. I'm not asking for none of that. I need power. I want to, you know, every gift we heard Pastor Brad read it. Hey, every gift that God would distribute as he wills, there'll be the baptism of the spirit. We were speaking to, oh, you're speaking to, look here. We talk about, you know, we believe in tongue. We'll expound on it. But you know what? Is there space where God can move in that atmosphere? The gifts of the Spirit are for today. And Jesus wants to impart power to your life today. If you desire that, would you stand with me and let's pray together that we would ask the Holy Spirit, empower me. You don't have to if you don't want to, if you don't feel like you need it. this is guy, weird space, whatever. But those of us who who resonate in their heart that today I need power for ministry for service to be that example in in my home to to be that witness i need power father i thank you for your living word and lord some of us need power to just await we wait upon you right now god we're in a in a space god where you want to move and you're moving lord would you purge our hearts First, and that if there's anyone here that has yet come to know you, I pray that they would, they would just come to a place of repentance. We see that you presented yourself alive, but Jesus, we remember that you went to the cross. You laid down your life and then rose again, proving that you satisfied the judgment which each one of us deserve. This is the gospel. It's the great news. And I pray today, if there's anyone, Lord, that they would just come to you in repentance, Lord. But all of us collectively who have stood by faith, God, I pray today that you would impart power. Holy Spirit, come, baptize us afresh for the sake of us being witnesses unto you, Lord Jesus. Have your way in our hearts. Be glorified. I pray for every individual that you would go before them, Lord, and that they would step forward in boldness and the authority in which you've entrusted us with. May we give you all the glory, the honor, the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Spirit,